Nah, you look good. <laughs> I was looking at your butt earlier. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Friends Who Like Stuff podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. And each week we'll share a new list of stuff we like. This week we're listing our top five tabletop party games. That's right. With the holiday season upon us, nothing is better than enjoying a fun game with your best buds. A good party game can really kick off a seasonal get-together. And it won't be long until we get together for some of the entries on our list. Right, James? Sure, some of us will, but let's not get ahead of ourselves right now. Joining us to the party is our dear friend who also likes stuff, Chris. So, Chris, have you been playing? This is I know this is going to be a dumb question, but have you been playing any games lately? Oh, mostly kids games with the kids, but haven't got many adult games in. I've been painting. I painted a huge Galactus for Marvel Zombies, so I'm excited it to get that played. It looks awesome. Yeah, it does. That's going on the Instagram. Or the gram, as the kids say. Or the gram. <laughs> what, what kids' games? Right now, me, me and my kids are playing some kids' games, too. They're, they're a little bit younger, but we've been doing, like, five-minute Marvel and some oh, yeah. other little little co-op games. It's a good one. We've been playing, like, Sleeping Queens is a favorite of my daughter's, and we've been playing uh, Left, Right, Center, they really like, and Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Oh, that's a good one. We've got a copy of that. Yeah. So, John, your kids are at about an age where Haba games would be pretty good for them. Yeah. Is that the same as Rhino Hero? Rhino, Rhino Hero is made by Haba, yeah. Okay. We do Rhino Hero, and that's a great one. That's a because my three year old and five year old played that one with me. There's one more that we play, and I don't remember what it is now. Have y'all played Sneaky um, Snacky Squirrel? No, we haven't. Oh, is that a good, good one? That's a, that's a fun one. I had fun with that one. <laughs> no, we, we we tried pulling out Quicks, which is a dice game. Hmm. I don't know. Remember if that's a Haba game. And then there's one more, uh, Sushi Go. Oh, Sushi Go, yeah. We, yeah, we he, my five year old, kind of gets the gist of some of it with help. That's a it's a fun one for him at least because he j- he just likes the social interactions of playing the game. So cool. It doesn't matter what we play. Haba comes in yellow boxes. Yeah. So if it's not in a yellow box, it's not a Haba. Quicks is made by Crud. It's the company who did, oh, that <clears throat> Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert. What is their name? I can't remember. The, it's They've got a gesture as their logo. Yeah, it's Game Right. Game Right, yeah. Quicks is a Game Right, I believe. There's one called Quirkle that you might look into. It, it's kind of fun because it can be fun for adults too. And you can like modify a little bit for the kids, but it's like shapes and colors. It's almost oh, like nice. five in a row, but you have to do different shapes or different colors. Yeah. And it's worked with my five-year-old pretty good. Nice. We're, we're definitely on the lookout for more games. So anything Oh, and there's got, one she really want. likes. You have to use an app with it. It's called... Yummy, t- yummy, yummy monster tummy. And <laughs> that sounds like right up my kid's alley. Oh, it sounds like so right up my alley. <laughs> it's all these little monsters come up and they're like different colors. And you as a team have to like pick cards out of your hand 
and put them down to make the right color. And you're trying to get as close to that color as possible. But sometimes you don't have the right color. So you're like, "Ah, I have to do this and this. And, you know, with the, they say, you know, you're not supposed to say, you're supposed to just pick, you know, but Uh with the younger ones, like my daughter and stuff, we kind of just play with our hand out and we like, Mm -hmm. just go for it. And it's been pretty fun. Cool. I'm excited to try some of these. So we've talked about kids games, but now let's move on to the party games like our list. What, what makes a party game a party game? And this is kind of a, an open question, and I'll, I'll kind of pose my answer, at least how I shaped my list. I think a party game is defined as like four plus players, relatively simple mechanics that are at least easily understandable. And then I, I put 45 minutes or less, but wh- I don't know if that is any sort of correct Definitely. Not necessarily, because you have games like Blood on the Clock Tower or just Ultimate Werewolf and stuff like that that'll that'll play longer. But you you are right; the gist of it, the, it, it is a lighter complexity game that is easy to learn, easy to teach. Just throw together, and typically it would be more than four players. But you will find party games that are up to four. Yeah, there are some that work well with lower player counts too, but I think, you know, the complexity, um, time I don't think is a big deal because you can, some of those, that, like you said, are very social. And as long as you're being social and interactive, I think, you know, it's fine to go a little longer. Exactly. You're, you that. That's that's exactly right, Chris. The social aspect is is massive in a party game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, do y'all have any good party game memories? I mean, I've had a couple. We'll, <laughs> well, yeah, and we'll get into some in the list. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't, don't want to steal any from the list. Yeah, I was like, some of mine are from the list, but okay, we definitely won't talk about that yet because we'll we will <laughs> get there. I promise. Well, let's kick off our list then, guys. I'm really excited to hear this because this is going to become at least the the list from YouTube pros are probably going to be going on my Christmas list for this year. So let's start it off. We can go Chris, me, James. Is that okay, James? If you could take Perfect. up, take up, we'll go. We'll start strong and end strong. Perfect. Well, I mean, we'll we'll start, stay, and end. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. My number five is one we were talking about earlier. It's fun. I've been playing with just the family a lot and we like to play it because we, it causes chaos and that's taco cat goat cheese pizza. And all, both the kids love it. And Caroline, she doesn't understand it a whole lot. She wants to get the cards, but the point is (laughs) to get rid of the cards. So she usually doesn't win, but she has fun, but it's kind of a, if you remember old Slapjack in the day, it's kind of like that, except for mm-hmm. w- you go around and you have to say that mantra. You put down a card and you like you say taco, and then James would say cat, and he'd flip it over. And if ever what you flipped over and what you say are the same, you have to slap it, and the last one has to take all the cards. So it gets confusing because you're saying these words, and what you're seeing is not the same thing. It gets kind of confusing, so, but it, it's chaotic and fun. 
Absolutely. I'm I'm ready for my oldest to be like on board for that. He's not quite quick enough yet and like it's not a, a thing that registers right away, but it's going to soon and we're going to yeah. definitely pull that one out. Yeah, that's where that's where my youngest is. She, like I said, she just she wants to take all the cards and we're like that's not how you play the game and she doesn't care. She just <laughs> wants them. We also got the Christmas one which is like Santa cookie reindeer or something i don't know that one sounds fun i'm gonna have to see if they have that one for the holiday parties (laughs) so my number five was first played at a party this is a party at our good friend scott's house and he had a game uh that reminded me of back when the friends who like stuff kind of first started in the tap room of the lantern at trivia and there was a style of question that they asked and they gave you five events and you had to put them in order and it was a do or die type question you could wager points and all this stuff and this game takes the vein of that and applies it to one of these party games and it's called timeline Mm. the basic gist is that everyone gets cards that they have to line up in order of how they happened or how they think that they happened. And then they'll get new cards and they have to try to place it within their timeline that they have. If you miss it, the card goes on to the next person and so forth. And you're trying to collect 10 cards. So you're trying to place 10 events in the correct order. And whoever does that first wins. It's a really fun game. You would be surprised some of the events that you're like, what are you how did that happen at this time and it's it's just both educational and (laughs) a good time and they have so many versions so like it's pretty much yeah whatever you're into they pretty much got one for that like star wars Mm -hmm. history you know just a little everything yeah super fun game it is fun but it's really only fun when playing with the right people i'd agree with that Wait, what kind of people are you talking about, James? My people. Oh, yeah. All right, you're up, James. Uh, So my number five is a game that I tried to get to the table for a very long time, like years. It was just one of those things where I would bring it in some other games, and the other games would get played, but Decrypto just languished unplayed until I visited my brother and his family, and we finally played it. We played games for almost an entire day. And then when when Decrypto came to the table, it was Robert and me versus his sons. And so it was brothers versus brothers. And the older brothers won every game. It was great. It was, it was a blast. It is another team clue-giving game in the vein of code names. So you were given a numerical code that your teammates that your teammates need to break using one word clues that you give them. And the other team is simultaneously doing the same thing while also paying attention to the clues that you give so that they can try to guess your code as well. And so it's one of those, like many games nowadays, these clue giving games, it's a, it's a game where you can't give too good of a clue, but you have to give a clue just good enough 
it's it's a bit difficult to explain, but once you actually get playing, it, it's awesome. And it works just as well with teams of two as it does with three or four. I haven't done more than that. And it it will probably replace code name code names in my plays. That and another game that's on my honorables list. But decrypto. Dang. Mm-hmm. It sounds fun. It is fun. I've I've brought it to several of our functions and they just never got brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Right. So my four, I'm gonna cheat because I don't care. The one that I had was one that I mean I haven't played it since probably it came out in two thousand thirteen. But and I'm gonna add another one to it because it's one I play more often and I didn't really have a place for all these. So my first one was called Two Rooms and a Boom. And that's the one that came out in like 2013. And I only got to play it a couple times. And it was just so much fun because what you do is it goes from like six to 30 people. And you have two rooms you give all the people cards and you go into two rooms. Well, then you can talk to each other and there are some red cards, blue cards. There's a president and there's a bomber and you can like show each other, you know, your color or you can do a full reveal. And then every five minutes or so after all this talking, y'all get together and you switch people. You have to send one person away and take one person. And you know, the president's trying to not be with the bomber. The bomber wants to be with the president. But it has a ton of roles. Like, you can put the mistress in there where the mistress wants to be with the president. But the wife can't be with the president, too, you know, and all this. So it was just chaotic fun. We played it at Hatters with probably 20 people. And it was one of, it was like what said, one of those memories you're talking about that. I'll just never forget because I've never played with that big a group again, but having that many and just going from room to room and, you know, talking and trying to, it was just a blast. But my cheat is going to be Time's Up Title Recall. That's one that we play a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of fun game because you play in teams and you have the same deck of cards you have a deck of cards and you go through and the first time you can it's like charades you can talk you can do whatever and then after everybody gets their cards then the ones that weren't guests I think are taken out and like you have just the ones that y'all got and then the next round is you can only like act it out and then you try to see who gets you know And then the third round, you can only use one word. So there's some crazy times. And one that I remember forever is one was Godzilla. And my wife kept using King Kong as the thing. She had it confused, (laughs) but we got it. And so like the one word, she was just like, Kong. And we're like, Godzilla. (laughs) Totally wrong things, but we got it. So yeah, inside jokes come out and all kinds of weird, fun stuff. But yep, those are those are my cheats. So it's cheats because you put two in there? Yeah. Okay. So I guess 
I guess I gave you your copy of Title Recall back then, right? Ah, uh, yes. I only have my original Times Up. Because I think or, we, uh, I, I, I played it at a family thing. I think it may have been Thanksgiving. Cool. Title Recall is the better. Yeah, I, and that's the one. I just, like I said, Two Rooms and a Boom, I wanted to mention because it had some great memories. But I've never got to play it again because I don't know that many people. It's a hard one to get a group for. Yeah, because it, it, it is way better with group. John, what are your number fours? My number fours? I have a bunch of them, but... Don't be no. cheating. <laughs> I chose one. This is one that we I played first in Waco with our my good buddy Clint. And then didn't really understand it that well. Played it just a handful of times before we moved on quickly to some other things. But then the last time I played it was at Steven's house over Thanksgiving with, with his parents and Micah. And it was so fun. This past Thanksgiving? This past Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was, it was like two days before Thanksgiving, but anyway, mm-hmm. this is cool. Basically mm. there are a set number of character cards and each character can do kind of a different an action as you go around in a circle and take your turn you get to do an action and you can do either an action from one of your cards or you can just like collect money basically and you are trying to eliminate the other players either through gathering enough money to be able to eliminate them outright or using some of your skills to maneuver yourself or somebody else to take somebody else out it can involve lying because nobody knows who your characters are, it shouldn't. It, in a good game, it I'm involves something at least. That's a, oh, <laughs> yeah. So you can do an action that's not necessarily an action from one of your characters, but if you get caught, then you are eliminated, or that, that card is eliminated. And if you don't get caught, then maybe you'll eliminate somebody else. So it's a lot of fun. It requires a little bit of lying but definitely a very fun party game. So this was vying for my number five spot. I really, really have fun playing this game. And I think it might be because of who I play it with. And I play it with Steven and that group more than anything. We've played it with the old man and I've played it with some other groups and it, it it's a lot of fun. But early on, like starting out, I didn't love it, and I I preferred its predecessor. It's not the same gameplay, but it takes place in the same universe as The Resistance, and I preferred The Resistance to Q. I haven't touched Resistance in years, but I'll bring Q out anytime you want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've never played it because I don't lie, but... <laughs> whatever no, i'm just kidding it's a, it's a great game i uh the only reason i didn't put it on my list was because i knew we'd talk about it on one of y'all's but it's it, yeah it's top notch quick easy love it my number four is higher on another list so i'll talk about it then all right my number three is a game called just one and it's a relatively new game but we've gotten it out 
and started playing it and had a lot of fun with it. It's kind of what everybody has like a little whiteboard with an eraser and one person has they'll have one a card that they put in front of them and they'll pick a number and whatever that number is is what everybody's trying to get them to guess so it's like it's kind of cooperative like everybody's playing together the numbers coincide with a word yeah yeah there's there's five on there so like i i put it don't look at it and i'd say four so four would be like ice so then everyone else would write on their right whiteboards a clue and then when they're all done the guesser has to like close their eyes or not something not look at it but they all show each other their whiteboards and if anybody has the same clue they're out so if you could have like six people playing and if all of them say the right thing you're like have one word to try to guess this thing and it could be an off the wall one so you kind of got to think out of the box and not like put all the you know real good clues because or you might because so they might be not be doing it because they are like oh i can't put that because somebody else will you know you just never know it's like that gamble and it's just a lot of fun it's just the winning scenario is just a table and at the end, y'all count up and, you know, it just passes along to the guesser. And at the end, you see how many you have and it'll say like, y'all did greater. Y'all not so good. <laughs> right. And, but this is one of those games where I don't care about the winning table. I, I just enjoy it as an activity. Oh, yeah. Because it's so easy to pull out and it is so easy to teach that every time it's come to the table, Everybody has loved it, and we we played it for at least an hour. Yeah, this is what um, I've taken to family gatherings, and you know, my my family's not big gamers, but even they had fun with it. Yeah, it's it's I, I love just one. You're the one who uh, put me onto it. Yes, nice. Speaking of putting onto it, James, this next one, you are the one that put me onto this one. This is a game that over COVID, we, I don't know how many, we may have only played it once or twice, but I've never actually pulled out the board for it. It's just all been digital. This game is called Takedo, and basically you are a, a someone trying to travel the Silk Road, essentially, or like an Eastern East Sea Road, and you are trying to get from one place to another. And have as many varied experiences as you can. And so there are a lot of different ways to gather points. Whether it's, you know, eating fine meals. Whether it's gathering art. Whether it's seeing the most, I think like the most beautiful scenes or something like that. Maybe that's the art one. But anyway, you were trying to gather these resources and these different experiences And at the end of each round, you tally up the points and see how many you get. It's a lot harder to explain for me than it is to play. It is a board game and it is two to five players. It's relatively quick, but it's been one that I've hopped back in and out of ever since you turned me on to it, James. I don't know if I would call it a party game. I know it. It's one of those ones that was just in there. I did it because it you can have up to five people. Yeah, but it is a um, fantastic game. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was, I was struggling with that too, but I think I probably, I, I might fall on just barely on the side of letting it be called a party game. It, we played it as a, as an online party. So. Well, see the way I, <laughs> there, you, there you go. The way I see Takedo is like party games. I kind of feel like, you know, you're high energy. You're kind of, you know, going and everything, you know, is kind of crazy sometimes. Takedo is just like, Hey, let's go for a walk. Dude, that's, that's the thing. It is, it is, it is all about relaxing and seeing beautiful things and sipping a drink but, and hanging out with your best buds. Yeah. I would also like a party to me. I would also call a game like Hanabi. And it's the same kind of a thing where you're just relaxing, trying to see fireworks. Well, and but it's, it's not a relaxing game though. The, and the other thing is, I, I mean, it's kind of on that cusp because yours that you skipped and the one I'm about to bring up, I, it, it was on the cusp there too. I don't know if it would be considered technically party, but so, <laughs> yeah, so I understand. <laughs> and it's a fantastic game. Well, before we get to that one, my number three, I, I can have fun with them but i do not love most apples to apples clones apples to apples is a classic and they they hit on something huge but once i played it i was like oh, okay that was fun that was neat oh whatever and then so many games came out trying to be apples to apples but i adore dixit Rather than strapping you with cards that have phrases on them, you have cards with pictures. The pictures are, they're a little bit weird. They're a little bit strange, almost like, uh, like, like they feel like they were thought of, thought up in a dream, right? They're, they're pretty abstract. A fever dream. A fever, yeah. But, but it's wonderful. It's, it's delightful. And these pictures fix my main gripe with Apple's clones and with Apple's to Apple's itself in that you aren't ever left with unusable dud cards that seem to happen all the time in the other games. You all the time have hands where like, I can't use a card. I'm just going to have to trash this one and hope that the next card that I draw works. But with Dixit, because of the way the pictures are made, they are usable in so many scenarios that there's almost always something that you can play that is viable. Mm-hmm. It's it's just delightful. It, it's a wonderful. It. It's a wonderful game, and it just made me think, John. I have something that I probably need to get your way. They came out with a Dixit Disney version. Oh, and you know it's a little better for like the kids. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I ordered it from this online place and they shipped me two. I have an unopened copy just oh. like in my closet. And oh my I was gosh. Like, you might, yeah, you might get a kick out of that because it, it's just like Dixon. Oh, yeah, it would. It, it's like all Disney cards and like it, it's just fun to look at too. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So is it all my, right, old man. My number two. My is, number four. Is Cards Against Humanity. James My favorite Apples to Apples clone. <laughs> no, this is the one I had a problem 
with because I almost feel like Dixit kind of like the party out there hippie kind of hippie game. And then Mysterium <laughs> is the one that kind of focused it into like a game. And so I don't know if I, I don't know about the party issue, but man, we've had a lot of fun with it. It's, it's kind of the same way as he was talking about Dixit. The cards are weird, but what you have is you have one person's going to be the spirit who was murdered. And then you have all the other players are investigators like psychic mediums. And you're trying to get them to guess what you were murdered with, where you were murdered and by who. And they and the spirit cannot talk through the whole thing. They can't make sounds. They can't do anything. All they can do is pass you cards. And you have to look at the cards. And they can give you multiple, I think. And you look at them and you try to figure out. You all start on, like, the weapon. So, like, if three people get the weapon and one person doesn't, they stay back and the other people go to the location. So then you're giving more out and it's just so much fun because you feel like you give somebody the best clue ever. <laughs> they're talking about it. They're like, it's the knife. I, I know it's the knife. And they're like, but it could be that bottle over there. And you, and you just, you're the spirit. And you're just like, no, <laughs> go back to where you were. It's <laughs> watching people yeah. talk themselves out of things and go a total different direction. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so much fun and you have so many rounds and if you win you know you win if not then you lose if you run out of time but yeah it's it's just a fun game me and james we found this game at a bgg con when it wasn't called mysterium it was called a word i'm not even going to try to say because it was from a polish designer and it was one that me and james knew we liked and the game is language independent. So we we're like, you know what? Let's pick it up. And we loved it. And then they came out with the English version of which like is called, a year later. Yeah, which is called Mysterium. And it, it, it was great. It's fantastic. Yeah. So um, you're, you're pretty much covering all my talking points. So good on you for that. But yeah, we, we found it at a BGG con where there are always games that are the talk of the con, right? Usually they have already built up a hype beforehand, but the year that we got Mysterium, it it was a game that nobody had ever heard of. Ignacy didn't even, he wasn't even planning on bringing it to the show originally, but on a whim decided to. And so he didn't bring just a whole lot of copies either. It sold out on like day two, but we were both lucky enough to snag a copy. But like you said, we got the original version of it, the Polish version of it, which I believe is pronounced, uh, Tajim Nietzsche de Mostwo. Glad he tried um, it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it, it was delightful. Like it, it was the game of the con. I think that year, Everybody was talking about it, but not everybody got a copy of it. And I, it's one of the games that one of the, one of the games that I feel most proud of in my collection is this Polish version of Mysterium. And they, and they did call it Mysterium the, whenever we were there, 
so we called it Mysterium most of the time while we were talking about it. But it wasn't until about a year later that the the English version did come out, and they changed a few of the rules that that are non-existent in the Polish version of it. Like there are no ravens in in the Polish game, but it was it was just delightful. We pr- had to print off English rules for it. But like like Chris said, the game itself is language independent. You don't have to to know it because it's pictures. But it was it was it's a wonderful game. Yeah, um, we just kind of stumbled upon it because I think I think I went there to get his book signed. I I was trying to get my book signed by Ignacy because he has a he has a blog called Board Games That Tell Stories, and he put them all into a book. And I had done the Kickstarter for the book, so I was trying to get it signed and. Then we saw that, and yeah, Chris's history. All right, my number two is I. I would now call it a classic, even though it's relatively not recent, recent, but relatively recent, like within the past, you know, ten years of getting big, maybe fifteen by now. I don't remember, but this is Code Names. Cards are laid out, and they all have a word or object or thing on it and then two people are the leaders and then it's team based so you can have as many people as you want in theory they have kind of a master key that tells them which cards are theirs and which cards are the other teams and then there is one card that if anybody gets that team immediately loses the two people that have the key use a code name to try to get their team to guess specific cards and so they have to be very thoughtful with with and and analytical and use some critical thinking with trying trying to get as many cards as possible for their for their team guessed the other team gets all of their cards guessed and so it's a little bit of a race too so in the rules, they say the word, and then they, and it's only one word, and they can only say these two things. They can say the word, and then a number. And that number specifies how many cards relate to that clue that they gave. As the team that is guessing, you get that number plus one additional guess. And that's so that if you like miss one earlier on or something, you can try to try to get it back still knowing that clue. And just hope that they didn't shift gears and now put the clue as one of the ones that you just got. But I I love I love using up that extra guess. That's just the way I played the game, and so I take that additional guess no matter what, whether we got all of them or not. And I that's where this is the game that made me realize that just in general I'm a relatively lucky person because more like more times than not. I get that throughout a whole game <laughs> and it's amazing and I love it. And that's, that's my memory from it. This is the game that I probably, at least whenever it was, it was hot, you know, in the mid 2010s, I pulled this game out a lot. I like code it, names. It's not my favorite. I think I like pictures a little better than just the regular code names, but I mean, yeah, it, it's a fun game. I, I I love code names. I was a big fan when it came out. I was I was a big fan of Vlada Shavadal anyway, and so whenever you see his name on something, my interest is piqued. And with a party game, 
easy to learn. Loved it. I think I burnt out on code names. And so I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, meh. I think I still think I think you're right. It's an instant classic. And like all classics, they overdo it with versions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm just and, not and, good at the word version. Maybe my brain doesn't think of words as well as pictures because, yeah, that that's why I like pictures better because I'm just not good at the word association, I think. Heard. I, I do prefer the word to uh, pictures. You would. But pictures is fun. Yeah. Great. What's your number two, James? Uh, it is the newest game on my list. So Clover. And it deserves its punny name because it is indeed so clever. And you play it on a clover. It is one of... I, I think it is one of the cleverest games that I have played as far as these party games go, you have a plastic clover where you will be able, you'll put four little square cards on it. And each of those cards has a word on all four edges and you'll just randomly put them on this clover. So, so two cards are going to be next to each other where you will read two words together, right? And you'll do that on all four sides of the clover where you put the two the two cards with the two words and all that. You had to come up with a clue to try to match those two words together. Something that will kind of bring them together because the way the game is played is you write your clues down and then you take all those cards off and then everybody else has to guess the orientation of the cards that you had. And so you're trying to give clues to help them figure out the orientation of the cards. Is that making sense? Am I, I'm, I'm explaining this horrible. Well, it's one of those <laughs> games that like, if you don't have it in front of you and you're explaining it, it seems like super difficult. I don't want to play it, but once you, if you have it in front of you and you're learning it, it's actually not hard. It, it's it's not at all. pretty intuitive. And I've only got to play it once. And that was with James. And I, I would love to play it more, but yeah, it's not, it's not as difficult as it sounds. Right. And I will bring this game out anytime. We played it over lunch one time at Cracker Barrel. Just had a good old time. Then back to me then. As your number one. Right. Yes, this is a big one. My number one. It's probably one I've played most with like my family. And like I said, they're not big gamers, but this one, I don't think I've ever keeping, kept score ever i know there's a way but we've never played it but it's a game called telestrations and it's kind of like pictionary or I, I don't know but everybody gets it's like the telephone game yeah the telephone game everybody gets a book and on the top everyone gets a clue so you write the clue then every round you pass it so like i have cat and i pass it to james James looks at the clues as cat. He flips the page, draws a cat, and then it goes to the next person. So John sees that drawing, and he doesn't get to see the clue. So he has to figure out what James put. And then on the next page, he puts, like, dingo or something. And then you just keep doing that until it gets back to you, and then you just go through and show the how weird it went off the rails. 
And I love it because you don't have to draw well. You don't, I mean, a lot of those drawing games, if there's somebody that's an artist, they're going to whoop your butt. But this one is just, <laughs> yeah. it's just fun to see where, where the rabbit hole goes. It, it is. And there's, there's really no downtime because you're all doing the books at the same time. And then whenever it's time to show off, it's just fun to watch everybody's. Yeah. It's a great game. It, I, I love Telestrations. Yeah. And the, the version I got like will play up to 12 people. So it, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, my family, we've done it. And, and it's and I tell people like when we're playing, get as descriptive as you want. It's funny. Like if you see like a blob, don't just put like it's a blob, you know, be like blob with hair or something, you know. And then the next drawing, it's, it's just, it gets crazy. <laughs> and then every once in a while, it goes perfect. And you, everybody's like, oh my gosh, we did it. <laughs> but that's rare. I like I like to play with movie titles. Yeah, that's a good one. Great, great number one. I love Telestrations. Mm -hmm. it, it was also fighting for a spot on my list. <laughs> All right, my number one. This is one of my favorite games. It's a very quick game. It, I think it's a good party, it, even though it's only four player, I think it's a good party game because it relies on the interactions within a, with other people and there's a, definitely a social aspect to it. This is Love Letter. Mm. The, it's a game where there are five characters and varying number of those characters and each character is assigned a point value. Your job is to end the game with the highest point value character by drawing and playing cards. You try to get to as close to the princess as possible because as the, the, the name of the game is called love letter. So it's about a love letter being passed to the princess. And so you want to either be the princess at the end or something high valued like that or you want to eliminate your opponents with the actions of whatever cards you're playing so not only does each character have a point value but they also have an action assigned to them kind of similar to coup in that regard and as you play these cards that is kind of the way you discard cards but you get to do that action whenever you play them and so some cards will let you look at other players cards some cards will let you switch with other players some of them will say, if you have this card, you have to play this card. And so it, it gets really fun and it requires a little bit of a little bit of strategy in there. But it's really quick. Like each round, you know, is five to ten minutes at most. Mm -hmm. And you you play to, you know, four. So, it's you know, it's a 20 minute game at most. Really fun. I much like Takedo. I will just barely fall on the side of calling it a party game. Here's you mentioned you mentioned coup. I I do I I tend to think of coup as the party game version of Love Letter. That's yeah. what I was going to say. So there is an expansion that can go up to six players now. But the reason I put it as a a party game and why I would defend it even more than Takedo is because it relies so much on the social interaction between the players, and I think that's an probably the most important aspect that it would bring like whenever you are playing it at a party that's the important aspect of it 
Yeah. See, I, I still play Love Letter with my youngest because it's easier with one card, one action, you know. Uh-huh. But the way I would prefer to graduate because yeah, I think you know, the graduation is cool. And that's what I think of more of a party. But I do like Love Letter and I, yeah, we have fun playing it. But I think, you it's know, great. once I found Coup, I, I if I didn't have my five-year-old who loves to play it, I don't know if I would have gone back to yeah. it as much. I, I don't know. I, I still play it. Uh, well, I mean, I don't play it all the time, but I still play it. It is it is still the reigning champion of the micro game. Yeah. And my 12-year-old, uh, he loves it, too. He loves playing it, so. And... It's it's another game that has so many different versions, and mm-hmm. the different versions actually make a difference. I love the ba- uh, Batman love letter. I'm looking at it right there. Yeah, looking at Batman love letter. Yeah. Have y'all played the Avengers one yet? Uh-huh. It's a I've love letter it. game. It's not love letter, but it's a love letter game just because it changes it a little bit. You're you know facing Thanos, and so mm-hmm. I, I want to get the Ultimate Edition so that I can do a six player version though. I don't have that one yet, but at some point I will. I'm also looking at Batman Love Letter. <laughs> I know I have regular, I have Batman, and then I have this like weird version that like all the cards are like, I don't know, it's weird. You also have Cthulhu, and it oh, plays completely different. Yeah, there's a Cthulhu. It's what is that called? Lovecraft Letters. But yeah, it oh yeah, it plays completely different. It's got. It's got the whole same, you know, kind of setup, but there's a sane and an insane side. And oh. you can win either way, but like, I think if you win sane, you only have to win two rounds because it's harder. And for insane, you have to win three rounds. Nice. Yeah. I, it, it was weird. I, that is not my favorite version of Leather, but I've got. <laughs> It's my favorite. I've got I've got Batman, The Hobbit, regular one, and then your actual favorite, Munchkin. Mm-hmm. I hate Munchkin. But you like Munchkin Love Letter? Yeah, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it was just fantastic. All right, James. All right, John, that, that's a that's a good love letter. Is, right, it's a great game. It is, and I'll I'll defend it at least more than Takedo. All right, James, you're one. My one. You're one. What is your number one? It is one night ultimate werewolf. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had to have a social deduction game on here. Absolutely. I love love a good social deduction. And one night is one of the games that I have played more than any game ever in the world, period. Um. I, I, I kind of might have burnt myself out on it because I just wanted to play it so much so often. Because I, I, I love games like Werewolf, like Mafia, but whenever they released One Night, it was it was game changing, right? You didn't have to play multiple rounds, possibly sitting out as somebody who's already dead and just watching everybody else have a good time. It was a single round, and it was just as tense, if not more so, than 
a regular game of Ultimate Werewolf. It they they have an app that helps out with calling out all of the roles and all the night actions. Eric Summer Summerer Summer. is the narrator, and we just had. I don't know. It just had so, so, so much fun. I kickstarted Daybreak because I loved it so much. I loved One Night with so much that I kickstarted Daybreak. And it was, I was so excited whenever that finally came in. But then, like Code Names, like Love Letter, like everything else that gets popular, they just keep on putting out new versions of it to where it kind of ruins the specialness of it right like one night vampire and alien and i don't i mean they probably have a cthulhu i don't know there there, there are several different versions of one night but the original is still the best and even after getting daybreak uh, i only really wanted to add like two rolls from daybreak because the original was already just so well made so well balanced that uh, it made it made for some great game nights. Yeah, that's a fantastic game. I I have enjoyed mm-hmm. that one. Absolutely. Have you played Secret Hitler yet? Yeah, Secret Hitler's great, and it's. I mean, like I said, I love social deduction games, but I uh, I I'm I have to stop seeking the high that I got originally with One Night. Uh-huh. Um, none of the other games have ever quite gotten there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Secret Hitler's great. Well, this is fun, guys. Yeah. I'll always Hopefully talk about listeners, games. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anytime that we have you on, we got to ha- at least mention something. Hopefully our listeners got a, a couple ideas for their holiday parties that are coming up. Because we, we listed a bunch of really good ones. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're always glad to have you. That is a wrap for today's episode of Friends Who Like Stuff. Thanks for listening to us talk about our favorite party games. As always, let us know what your favorites are. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. You can also email us at fwlspod at gmail.com. You can also watch us every Thursday evening on Twitch. Join us next time as we dive into a new list with another friend or two. And until then, keep exploring and enjoying the stuff you're passionate about. Thanks for being a friend who likes stuff. Bye! Bye! Yeah.